0: Hello and welcome back to the Football Index Podcast. Today, by popular demand, I'm joined by Pierre Index. Pierre, how are you doing? Very well, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well. I guess we'll start with the name. Where did that
1: come from, mate? Oh, I was um, we We're on a lad's holiday in Malia, and uh, we were only what, 17, and any time I got in the pool, you know, when you come out of the pool, your hair slipped back. All my mates said I look like a Frenchman. So they <laughs> called me Pierre, and uh, yeah, it's just stuck ever since. It's like my alter ego when I get too pissed and act like a dickhead, so Pierre's out. <laughs> so, <laughs> <All> right,
0: uh... <laughs> brilliant. I-, I know that I'm going to have to stick this podcast on explicit straight away. Thank you very oh, much. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. No worries. But uh, how long have you been on the index? Tell us a bit about your football index journey.
1: Well, I rejoined the index, uh, Christmas day, actually. It's been a slow day. Um, but I was originally on, I can't quite remember the day. I think it was September 16. Okay. Um and so when I went on to the forum when I rejoined I did it sort of PRF index and then I, I kept you know the n- new user and then the number afterwards mm. I kept it on there so I'd always remember and I think I was the 2,219th person to join.
0: Wow wow, you're just just behind me I think I think really? early early 2000s as well so I think I might be 2000 and I'm not even too sure I think it's yeah
1: somewhere around there. and uh, yeah so my, uh, my brother-in-law, Craig, was uh, on the index and he kept talking about it to me and I was just like, no, no, I'm not interested. been on it before. And he's like, oh, it's loads different now. They've got this like performance buzz and da-da-da. And he was showing me and I looked at the prices. I was like, F-... sorry, he was about to swear then. And I was like, <laughs> bloody hell, what's going on? Like Neymar was, I think at that point, Neymar was about seven or eight quid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, I had him for like three pound. And then I found out there was a share split. And I was like, oh my God, what's going on? So uh, yeah, I, I got my uh, transaction history. So I put 500 in, I think, and uh, used to love the Fridays, you know, when they used to drop the players. And um, I ended up with like 300 Jesse Lingard. <laughs> and uh, he'd, only, he'd only IPO'd like a, a week, two weeks before. And they just brought out IS. and. Uh, I think he was like 96p or something daft and they offered me 17p on the instant sale <laughs> and he was about to get relegated so I flogged them all and I was like oh, I can't be doing with this. So I think I ended up taking about 1200 out so I made a decent you know 700 quid I was about to get married you know and uh, yeah so I took it, took it all out but I had Neymar, Pogba, loads of players when I looked at the transaction history I was just like I felt sick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've just had a look, and I was actually two thousand four hundred and four. So you you started ah, just before me. But what was, your, before. what was your what was your
1: reason for leaving? Uh, it was just the you know the the Friday uh, promotions just got absolutely mental, um, and, th- and that was where I was making all my money. I didn't really know mm-hmm. what I was doing, if I'm honest. You know, I wasn't on Twitter. I wasn't on. You know, I don't really use social media. Um, that's why it's sort of good to have it as, as not use my own name, but have it as Pierre. You know, cause it's quite private. Um, so, yeah, I just I just got sick of it, really. Couldn't get on players on a Friday. Uh, and then I had that instance Alan, and I was like, this is an absolute joke. Like, the spread on that is just obscene. Um, so, yeah, you know, had I, had I known what I was doing, I would have just stuck it out with the MB and, you know, taken my 20p every time. And, yeah, reinvested it. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Try not oh, to well think it, about it too oh, much, oh, well you know. It.
0: Oh well, indeed. But you, you've you, we've got loads of questions here, actually. And you were yeah. the most recommended person when I uh, when I reached out and asked who, yeah. who I should have on. I'm which uh, that, was that I'll a surprise honest. to you?
1: Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I, never, I never I never thought that. I'd get a shout on that. So, <laughs> uh.
0: well, the first question from Footy Index King after he yeah. uh, slagged you off for not being a veteran uh, yeah. on the index. Yeah, uh, I wonder if I was on before him. <laughs> he said, in your opinion has joining football index been a steep learning curve where you've learnt things as you've gone along or does fi adequately and accurately give you all the information from the off to fully understand the platform and succeed
1: i'm not sure if i actually sent the reply i had ready for that which was along the lines of you know the answer to that already mate
0: yeah i think i saw that but um why don't you, uh, why don't you delve a bit more further into this
1: yeah so to be honest the The information given by uh, Football Index is just diabolical. Um, you've got promotional stuff on their website that says that you have to hold a share for 24 hours in order to get PB. Um, and then on another page it says that you've got to hold them from 2pm. They've sort of moved the, unofficially moved the um, goalpost a little bit to say that you've got to hold them until the dividends are paid out. Which could be 2 in the morning, could be and 6 p.m. the next day. Um, that's not on the website, I don't believe. Um, oh, they've got the PB, oh, oh as well, they've got um, a page where it's got the old PB divs, which was before I rejoined, where they were yeah. halved. Um, so, yeah, it's just, the the, the the whole communication side with Football Indexes is, is what lets it down, I think. And it's, uh, I, I completely understand, you know, they're a, they're a start-up tech company. They've been going three years um they you know they're going to have a small staff um but you know it, the communication side does need a little bit more thought i think so, so um, what,
0: what would your first steps be say you were their uh, chief comms officer or whatever what, what would you be implementing what kind of rules and what what kind of best practices would you be putting in place for, for general communications not not only when big announcement happen, and, but just just yeah. in general
1: I mean they sort of made a, a decent step with with putting Mike B in I um, <laughs> people will probably laugh at that because he's you know he's it's not flavor of the month at the minute um, but I think having that one one voice one focal point um, is good it's a good start and I know you mentioned uh when you're on with Stuart uh I don't know if it's last week or the week before whenever um about having just a single message come out when they have the announcements and not having it come from three different people and you know secondhand uh evidence as it were um I think it just needs a, a bit more clarity they need to clean up the website in fact, that would be the first thing I'd do. would be clean all the, the old stuff off the website, get rid of it completely. Um, I think the website, there's, there's no sort of navigation on that website. You can't go in and say, you know, click in old oh, PB, and it's got like little boxes. Know, this is how it's scored these are how you win dividends blah 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 i think i think they've got it on a like a help section or something haven't they but you know just yeah, to navigate the, around uh, the site
0: there's the academy isn't there but yeah. I, I don't think it's in your face enough i think there's one thing they could do when someone does join the index where you could have some sort of kind of step-by-step tutorial when you actually join as most apps do when you actually yeah.
1: are onboarded. Yeah. Force them to onboard properly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, Yeah, It's a
1: little bit of a pain for the for the user, perhaps, but I don't don't think it is though, because I I think
0: if you if you're looking at a product or app that's really hard to understand, you're kind of like, oh, I kind of like this. I'm not sure what exactly it is. I just know that you can buy and sell footballers. There's that kind of fancy aspect of it. Yeah, and then uh, and then yeah, like you suddenly get on and you have no idea what's going on
1: well yeah I, mean, I've, I've, I imagine that's what it's like for everyone they you know they come on they're like what's all this about? why is he moving what's what's going on there? What's this live rankings you know, <laughs> are they on about Pogba's haircut or Ronaldo's taking his dog for a walk you know <laughs> it's just yeah i you know i I probably didn't find it too bad um you know i i I suppose I spent a lot of time getting up to speed. I feel like uh at the moment I'm you know. I know my stuff on it now, Um, and that's that's in I suppose sort of ten months really. Mm. But you know I've done like a lot of tinkering and testing and all sorts with you know the way that um, they recognise who's got shares when, um, on how prices move, you know the thresholds, the, the, the thresholds on spreads and things like that. More sort of things that will help with making money rather than just understanding how it all works. Because it's really quite a simple concept, I think. Um, but it's, it's getting getting that information. Uh, is difficult. I found the forum to be great, to be fair. I was on the forum a lot when I first started. Um, more on... Then I moved on to Twitter. I'm more on Slack now, if I'm honest. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's a bit less uh, <laughs> arguing. Although I do like <laughs> the arguing sometimes. It does crack me up.
0: Yeah, it's uh, sometimes uh, a environment where you can actually see a lot of good back and forths, but sometimes yeah. where you can see ones that aren't so good but yeah. should we move on to the next question yeah. after the index king uh, dropped us a bit of a funny there and Grant has got a three-parter he said do you he think did, a suspended yeah. market immediately after an announcement would be beneficial to allow traders to process what's happening
1: yeah i you know i thought that was a good point um i thought of something similar uh, the sort of night before we he posted that and it was um I was just thinking, suspend IS. Um, you know that does that does sort of dampen the big spikes that you get because you can't. It's difficult to flip a player. You know when they when the IS is down. Um, so yeah, suspending the market is you know that's it, it's definitely an option. You know it happens at other on other platforms. Uh, I think you know you it would just need again a single line of communication, probably an email that says. We're going to make an announcement at 6pm on Wednesday. The market will be suspended between four and eight, mm. whatever. So that, you know, you don't have that pre, you know, people be piling into whoever, that you know, they expect the goalkeepers will probably still bloody rise anyway, um, <laughs> you know, they always do, Yeah, you know, and, it, and it, that's, that's just a self-fulfilling prophecy for me. You know, people, people think they're going to rise. So they get on them and then they rise people see them rising it's always the, the people who you know who are a little bit wet behind the ears that get on them at the end <laughs> and then you know buy 100 bloody uh, hour at 160 and he's before you know he's 120 and they've just lost 40 quid
0: yeah and, and that obviously puts people off and it's that's not totally football index's fault I, I do feel the community has kind of some sort of responsibility there where um, if you do tweet something about goalkeepers or put it in a group chat then you're responsible for that, and football index aren't. If that makes sense,
1: yeah, absolutely. I was when all that announcement stuff was going on. I mean, I was I was in the hospital. Uh, my my daughter was born that Wednesday. Um, you know, I was in the hospital. You know, probably about two o'clock, and then I, I think I managed to check it actually at about six, and somebody somebody put on Slack. Oh, it's goalkeepers, and I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking, there's absolutely no bloody way it's goalkeepers. Um, but, you know, I would be the Mrs. having contractions at that point so I uh, had to quickly uh, put, put my phone away before I got told off before she screamed at me but um, yeah it's just you know, at the end of the day it's dog eat dog everyone looks out for themselves ultimate, ultimately um, but you know there, there are people out there that try and you know promote sort of sustainable growth really rather than all this pump yeah. and dump
0: yeah which, which I think is sensible especially when we only have you know so many thousands of active users you want to have as many active users as possible before those I think to mitigate those pump and dump things at the beginning of a company's lifespan is, is probably kind of clever in in this kind of market so, so yeah i i think there's uh, certainly an aspect of that where even if you don't want to be part of that kind of pump and dump thing that you you do end up getting on a player early just because they're being hyped up on twitter uh, but but i think you've, you've been asked or touted to come on the show show podcast because you're kind of very short term so golfing granddad asked did you always plan on short-term trading or did a different initial strategy evolve that way
1: no, I mean my my I started off I'm you know I made some decent profits I basically had you know all the all the MBPB Kings you know in high volume um, and held them for for months and months and months now I still got some of them um, I suppose the short-term trading uh, I'm not really sure why it started really um, probably just started off a bit of fomo or um, you know, feeling like I had to do something with the with a portfolio rather than just sitting on it, which I know is a is a is a bad strategy. Um, so you know, I made a lot of mistakes in the beginning. You know, flipping players is absolutely brutal. I always say it. Um, you know, you can you can get burnt hard, but by doing so, you know, I've sort of picked up how to read the market, the different trends, price movements, um, and things like that. Which players, you know, you get some players are just. Football index darlings, you know. Am, am I allowed to mention players? I don't suppose I am, am I? I mean, I mean, you can, uh, but yeah. we try and be as neutral as for us possible. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'll, yeah, it, they, there's absolutely hundreds of them that you know will will rise and fall and rise and fall and rise and fall, and it's just it's just spotting those trends, and that's just perfect for me. You know, I'm quite analytical anyway, um, mathematical mind. I'm always working out the you know the net the net price after um, spreading commission and you know, if I was to instant sell this player to free up funds, what price does this player I'm buying need to get to before I'm at break even? Yeah, see you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I know. You know, if if the player I'm selling's made a profit, it's not really that's not really true, but it's a good way of thinking about it. Um, you know, just that overall total portfolio value. Um, what's the effect of me instant selling him and getting on this other guy? Um, yeah, and it's a good way of doing it. It, it sets you benchmarks for prices and things like that. Um, you know, I've had some absolute, you know, storming trades. I've had some absolute stinkers as well. Yeah, why
0: don't you give us some examples of your best and worst uh, in, the, in the past?
1: Um, well, my my best one was probably I was uh, Ibrahimovic. Um, I was on that. You know he was rising going down to 30p rising up down to 30p rising up i was on that so many times before anyone really realized what was going on uh my mate's an absolute killing off that um yeah, recently uh, calvin amian he was up and down yeah. what's the guys uh tagliafico as well mm-hmm. recently you know he went up to 89p down to 72 up to 83 you know things like that A decent trade my, my best trade ever and it was an absolute sh- stroke of luck was the night before Salah scored those four goals against uh, Watford? Um, I bought him, bought a hundred of him, um, and the following day he wins twenty three p PB. I don't think he's won PB since, or if he has, he's only won it once.
0: I think that was the day of a Manchester trade meet, wasn't it? So you had also also the bonuses coming in later, which also probably made that uh, a great trade.
1: And and from there on, that was the start of his MB as well. Like he yeah. absolutely cleaned up. I think there was between the end of April and sort of middle of May. I think he won twenty four out of thirty days. That's ridiculous, just, isn't it? Oh, it's obscene. Yeah, he may be an absolute killing. I've still got them. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just
0: sort of hang on to them. So, so it's not always not always short term. Then does that mean you allocate a certain amount of your portfolio to short term trades and a certain amount of like long term players that you don't really touch?
1: Well, it's just I've I've just got those. I can't remember how many. I think they're about 13 that I've just just held from, from. From that point, really, I sort of remodeled my portfolio that that night, um, and just sort of got on all the big players, uh, and I've, they've just they've just sat there. And, and what happened was I was withdrawing the dividends, um, and decided, oh, you know, I'll do a little side pot, uh, so retained the dividends, uh, and then just started trading with that, really. Mm. And it's just sort of built up from there.
0: Mm, that's interesting. I do I do like that idea of kind of splitting your portfolio up into long term trades and having some more kind of short term is it's it's quite an interesting one and i think one that people profit from quite greatly but we'll move on to the next question i think golfing granddad's last one is about you being called pierre but we'll we'll not get into that again index profit hunter former podcast guest says are you tracking who you've bought and sold for goals and assist dividends to estimate how much you learn over the trial period or are you relying on fi to pay out the correct amount to you
1: (laughs) oh i'm absolutely tracking every single bloody penny yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh God. Yeah. Uh, um, I. I. I don't know how they're going to do it. To be honest, uh, they're obviously <laughs> confident they will. Um, they th- by not letting players win off old shares, they've made it a lot more complicated for themselves, and this thirty-day window has made it a lot more complicated as well. Yeah. They, I think you know they sh- probably should have just said, you know, all futures, um, and. Just between now and the end of November, that's it.
0: Do, do do you think they should have? Do you
1: think they should have paid out on a daily basis as well? It would be nice, but you know, plenty of things I'd I'd like in life. Uh, I'm not going to get them. So,
0: what do you think the reason is for them not doing that? Cash flow. Yeah.
1: I'd say cash flow. Yeah. Why yeah. don't
0: you go into that a bit more?
1: Well, right. So if you think about it, so. They've they've given extra dividends and they've had things like Jovic scoring four, uh, Salah scoring three scored. It can be one probably five p the other day. You know, it, there's been some big winners on that and there's been a lot of shares traded on those players. And if you think about the costs there, or right, they're getting all the commission and everything in. But I just you know if you think about why they might have have implemented these dividends in the first place. Um, which I, you know, completely agree with. And again, it's sort of, it was sort of you guys were talking about it on there with Stuart. Um, they probably, they haven't really said what the reason for that was, why they've implemented. You know, it's 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 to bolster the coffers, really, isn't it? At the end of the day, there's not much trading going on, um, and you know they're just trying to ramp it up a little bit. And it, you know, I'm sure they they've run the numbers, and I'm sure they're probably, you know, it's, it's going to be profitable for them, which is good for the index. Absolutely. Um, But I just think, you know, if they were to pay him out every single day, I I do think that might cause some cash flow issues, especially if you get one player who bangs in six or something. You know, that's a lot of dividends.
0: But but then again, if Jovic was two pounds beforehand, for example, he went up to three pounds, the amount of money put into Jovic being like, you know, let's say nearly 30k, that money is now FIs to spend and they can pay out dividends with that.
1: Well, yeah, but then if somebody ISs them, they need to have that cash there. I, I get, what, I do get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, you know, that's not really their money at that point. Um, as far as as far as I understand it, you know, I could be completely wrong.
0: I think it is as soon as you stake a player, it is technically their money. Same way as in if you stake five pounds on Bet365, that's the, their money automatically. You that you that they're, they're just kind of liable to pay out if you win.
1: Yeah, no, I, I get that. I didn't really word that very well. Um, if I was to put five pound on a player, if you think about their balance sheet, mm. i just you just created an asset and a liability there. Yeah, you know the liability is slightly less because of the IS, um, but that's all that's really happened there. So, or, you know, it, it all swings roundabouts, but it's that's not. I suppose there's there's the cash there, but that's the the, the what what pays the dividends is is your is your spread and commission really. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think there's there's. There's still a bit of um, uncertainty in the the index uh, community as to where like that line is drawn in terms of commissions versus dividends. If they're actually breaking even on that point, Um, I I guess that's kind of what they're working towards with um, with order books to kind of remove themselves from the market. So uh, if if that makes sense. So what what do you think of order books in the future? I think as a as a short-term trader just to go off on that tangent. What, what do you think of them when they come in? Do you think that's going to be good for you?
1: Um yeah, I mean, I I've, I've never really used order books before. Uh, I've done a bit of not trading on the Betfair exchange, but um such just putting bets on the Betfair exchange just because the odds are better. Um you know, and it, I I I used to <laughs> I used to do uh used to gamble on football. Um and I'd always do late late goals. So sort of, you know, 87th, 88th minute. Uh, and I'd, I'd put a put a bet on there hoping it get matched, um, you know, 100 to 1 and just see if it gets matched. It doesn't usually get there. But um, for me, I think, yeah, you know, with a bit of practice and, you know, learning how it all works and how if you know, it's going to change the market as well, which is the other thing. So that's going to need some thought. But absolutely, you know, if, if, I, if I get it right, I can make an absolute killing with order books.
0: I think there's going to be a lot of big winners and a lot of big losers there,
1: I think. Would yeah. you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. What would you Whether... be your tips
0: for people to prepare for that? Well, it's difficult I know, I know
1: really it's hard because you don't know
0: what it's going to be like. But what if you?
1: Yeah. I mean, if the market was as it is now, um, I would probably um, be trying to learn or, or try trying to to, to gauge what why why players' prices move, who's, who goes up and down, up and down, um, what sort of price point you'd want to get on a player and, and does he ever hit that point? Um, it's just things, it's just trying to understand the market, how, how do trends develop um, and, you know, who's who's well-fancied. You know, like, it's Whittle, the other, you know, the other day, I can't believe he got down to 130-odd. That's ridiculous. Mm. Um, so it's, it's things like that, you know. If I'd, if I'd have had an... Um, order book for that you know I could have put it in if he hits 130 I'm getting you know 4,000 or something much okay. <laughs> <laughs> not quite I did buy, I, I buy 1,000 though
0: I'll be honest fair, fair play fair play but before we move on I just wanted to remind you guys about uh, my YouTube channel and if you are looking for some more Football Index related content you can head over there a few videos and uh, a partnership recently announced with the uh, Footy Super Tips to kind of expose Football Index to their audience as well which should be interesting and if you want to look at some written content then have a look at the football index newsletter myself footy index ldn and liam who are both pretty good writers um if you want to hear my voice talk about football just football and not football index then uh, head over to the state of play pod at state of play pod and uh, have a listen most recent episode we cover reese nelson and we've covered uh we've covered some rising stars in the recent episodes that could be useful to you guys uh on football index as well and if you want to collaborate or uh, sponsor the podcast then do email me football.index.guide at gmail getting a few more emails these days which is uh good fun but uh, I, uh pierre we, we've got to move back on to you sorry for that little uh no, no, little like segue. Get on
1: patreon mate
0: <laughs> maybe one day we'll see how it uh, goes yeah. uh well, if there's enough uh I, I don't know what i could offer as like a bonus for patreon maybe some sort of live stream where i do q a's <laughs> and stuff like that but who knows yeah, uh, yeah potentially i mean they're always open to uh much. so yeah some fig merch some fig hats. <laughs> if anyone's got any Stick suggestions hat. do do hit me up but uh fo- fo- football index weathers asks that's a very strange name actually yeah. weathers Oh, it might be a second aim, actually. Could be, yeah. For some reason, I just assumed it's weathers, as in, you know, the weather. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, why, why do you think FI are waiting until the end of the month to pay out new goals and assist dividends? Money is being in out of the market through commission, but not getting repumped pumped through new dividends until the month is over. And I think you alluded that this is a cash yeah. flow issue.
1: And I think, and I think that's the, the sort of the, the counter-argument, really, um, is that it, if those dividends were um, paid out every every day uh, it would bolster the market absolutely um yeah I, I, that was my first thought you know i could be completely completely uh, wrong here but i do think it's probably a cash flow and it's you know that that first uh, i suppose it's only sort of 15 16 days where they it's, it's almost like you know buying buying stuff on on um on, on credit you know if you're you know, you're a plumber or something you get yourself a trade account you know three months down the line it, it doesn't really make any difference. It's that first month where you haven't had to pay it, you know that that just bolsters the the uh, the cash that you've got available, mm-hmm. um, and you know that that cash can be used on 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 other things. And it's you, it's, it's very difficult to know what the financial position is at the moment um, because they're registered in Jersey. Uh, Bet Index is registered in Jersey. Um, and you don't have to file accounts. There's no sort of, well, there is a sort of company's house, but you don't, you know, there's no requirement to file accounts. Um, the, the holding company is uh, Future Ventures or something like that? Uh, Fame Ventures. Fame Ventures, that's it. They're registered in the UK. And, you know, you can you can go on Company's House and, and download their accounts. And their accounts look like you would expect for a startup tech company at the minute, to be honest. Um, Why don't you go into that a bit, a little bit more? Yeah, well, I mean, it's... Purely, you look at the balance sheet. I think they're insolvent. I don't want to put any figures on it. You know, they're an insolvent company, um, which means, you know, the cash flow again becomes an issue. Um, and it's, you know, it's. You can there's many ways of raising finance. You know, you can you can get loans and, and things like that. If you can service the loans, absolutely fine. You know, you can take on investors, but they just take a cut of the company then, uh, and and also become a bit of an influence. It's whether you really want to go down that route by implementing something that's going to, obviously they run the figures, as I say, turn a profit in terms of commission versus dividends. Why not delay paying them out?
0: Mm, mm. A lot of people have mentioned maybe the board members that have come on relatively recently having an influence. Do you think that's a problem? Because a lot of them are veterans in the gambling industry who you'd think would help FI grow. Do you think people who are not slagging them off, but less receptive positively to these people or less receptive in general to these
1: people, are they correct do you think what's your opinion on them it's a difficult one it's sort of it's almost like when i don't know if you if you remember when facebook uh, started doing advertising and it's all like, oh, right you've you've had your years of fun and you've built up this massive user base and obviously they've cocked it all up now but uh, they started doing advertising like, Oh, facebook's got to grow up you know they've got to make money and stuff like that. it's exactly the same with football in at some point it does need to grow up it does need to become self-sustainable and these people have built massive 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 empires of you know, in a in a similar market you know it's obviously it's obviously a bit different but you know i i don't see i don't see the downsides of it at all you know people are in, in two two three years time people are going to look back some people are going to say oh i missed the old football index you know it was you know like um it's too corporate now and it's too flashy and blah blah, blah. I remember you know looking back oh i remember the last we used to have we didn't get dividends for 6 days and blah blah, blah. It, it needs The platform needs to grow. Uh, it needs to be able to stand on its own two feet. And I don't see why appointing board members who have done just that it can be a bad thing. People are going to moan, obviously. Um, and, and just like with Facebook, people didn't like it when they put ads on. You get used to it. And at the end of the day, it, it needs to be done. So, so do,
0: do you think that maybe if Football Index came out and said this trial period was to help them create a product that's more sustainable. Do you think that would have helped?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It just comes down to communications. Again, you know, it's, 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 it's the one thing that lets them down. It's a great platform. Brilliant. It's good firm. You know, you can make good money. You can make passive income. Really. Yeah. If you were to just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. You could probably do it a bit of a better way. But if you were to buy a top 100 track or have to go top 50, top 100 I can't remember if you were to buy a top uh, tracker and just sit on it for two years the return on that would be ridiculous it's a brilliant platform but it's just the communication is really in it down It's it's such a critical point at the moment as well it's sort of it's really catching on mainstream you're getting a lot of people joining and then they have these sorts of issues and even you know Adam Cole's um update the other day the bloody website didn't work (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's i you know i don't want to be seen to be slagging them off at all cuz you know i can empathize with the with the you know with things like that things do go wrong they have got a small staff they are a growing company all of these things but th- there's there's a, there's things that they can be doing for free different ways of going about how they communicate that would improve the perception for the new traders and older traders you know, would have nothing to to complain about because the market would be a bit more stable, particularly at the top.
0: Mm-hmm. Certainly, very, very interesting. Very interesting, and I quite like that you've zoned in on communication as as that's kind of the hot topic. What What do you think about? Actually, you know, when we move on to this, because I was just about to say, uh, what do you think about Football Index employees going on Twitter? But Steve Chapman's question is exactly that, at Cornish Canary. Should FI and their employees be actively promoting players on social media? Surely they have to remain completely impartial. For me, transparency and trust in product is everything, and I just can't help but feel FI leave themselves needlessly open to criticism.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, uh, that Tom Randerson tip. I've said since I think he was pretty much doing that when I joined. And I said then I was like, it's just market manipulation, and I know you know whether it's whether it's uh, uh, intended or not. I don't think it is intended. I think it's just a bit of fun and he you know he puts his tip up and stuff like that. But he's an employee of Fi, um, and they are promoting players. But then on the flip side, you could say, well, don't um, Paddy Power do offers and you know things like this. it's sort of almost similar. They'll say, "Oh, Man United to beat such and such you know, against the crap team." Um, it would give you a decent odds. It, it's sort of it, it's slightly different, but it is similar. And um, it's sort of two. There's two ways you can think about it, really. I I personally don't like it. Um, I don't like um, the the fact that some people, if you've got a, an iPhone, get push notifications as well for news from the app. I don't know if that still goes on. I've got Android, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, that often does still go on. But again, you you have this thing where sometimes the apps just stop sending you push notifications, which is not amazing. But I I just want to go back to Tom quickly. I don't obviously there's no, nothing malicious about it, and I, I don't, it comes from a good place where they're just trying to interact with the community. I think there's three things to think about, right? You've got to think about it as a betting company, right, where if a player's playing really well on fire, like Mo Salah was last season, and Bet365 come out and say, we're offering a bet boost of you know, 8, 9 to 1 rather than 5 to 1 for Salah to score, they, and they actively push that, you are maybe more, inc- more inclined to go and uh, bet on Mo Salah scoring. However, this is slightly different, whereas you're just saying, hey, look, here's a bet that you should maybe go bet on as my tip of the day. And I'm not sure. I think as we get to a bigger customer base, I just think it's kind of like, and let people try and make their own decisions and let's be a bit more sensible in the way we try and interact with the community rather than leaving ourselves open to criticism as, uh, the question asker, uh, Steve Chapman, has just mentioned uh, by saying that they should maybe be and remain completely impartial. I think it's it, it's a double-edged short sword uh, for them. I think we've uh, we've discussed this on the podcast before with Mike and Tom being on Twitter. If they're not on it enough, then loads of people are complaining about lack of transparency and lack of uh, trust and lack of uh, community kind of interaction lack of connection with their audience but as I said it's just such a it's so hard to weigh up really um, uh, it's it's a weird one
1: yeah and social media is just a minefield anyway for for any company really um, you know you often get people saying stupid things on there and it affects the brand but um, you know I, I agree I think I think it's a slippery slope when you start promoting players um, and I think it does affect the perception of the, of the of the platform. And um, yeah, I, I'm all for them, for interacting with traders uh, on social media and that's fine. Uh, I just think we just need to be a little bit careful is all. Mm-hmm, certainly so. And and what do you make
0: of kind of the follow up after the uh, announcement from football index employees in terms of actually being on Twitter? I, I don't want you to maybe name names and slag them off too much. But in retrospect, what do you think they did well and what do you think they didn't do
1: well? Um. Okay, I I I'll start with what they did well. Um, I think uh, there was a summary that was put on put on by might be um, over a, a numerous tweets, a bit of a thread, where he laid out step by step exactly how it works, and I think that's that was really good. You know, it was a little bit late coming, um, <laughs> but I you know at least it, at least it happened. Uh, late that was
0: a, better, better late than never, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. And I think I, I saw a few people sharing it, and I put a link for it on on the forum as well. Um, although I think somebody actually copied and pasted it already, which was good. Um, you know, getting that word out there. This is how it works. Um, I thought, you know, again, I didn't really see a lot of. I didn't really see a lot of the rollout, and I didn't see a lot of the aftermath. Um, just because, yeah, you know, I was otherwise engaged, but. Um, from what I did see it seemed like they got very defensive
0: Yeah yeah, yeah. I agree with that
1: A little bit not quite antagonistic but they were you know there there was one comment that riled people up um, and I'm sure the the guy who who put it on there probably regretted it afterwards although he didn't delete it Um, and I just thought it's just completely unnecessary Uh, there's no need uh, for To be antagonistic like that, Um, and you know, from their point of view, they've just given everyone a load of bloody free dividends, and they get a load of crap for it. You know, but it's it's great when you've been sat there for two months devising this great new system, and oh yeah, this is going to be brilliant. This is what we're going to do. You know, benefits everybody. Da 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 da, da, and you roll it out, and by that point, you probably can't even see all the negatives. You, you, You know, they might have thought about how it would affect prices of other players um but they might have lost sight of that or they might have thought don't really care but it's it's not that it's not the dividends is
0: it though pierre it's that the way with the way it which it was executed and communicated I, I think there's that really weird narrative coming out of the index where they're saying look like what's what's the problem you know uh you can win more than you could yesterday it's like yeah great but one you've devised a system that a lot of people don't like which you should be open to criticism for if if you create a product not everyone's going to like it if you make changes to that product not everyone's going to like it secondly if you fucked up on the comms you know hold your hands up and i th- i think it's you're right at the beginning of the episode you said they have to grow up but it, it it's just like okay right yeah we can win more dividends than we did yesterday but that doesn't mean we can't lose trust or have less faith in football index just because they've uh, done some terrible comms we should like that, that should be allowed to be an opinion. Yeah, you
1: know and I mean? there should there should be there should be uh, you know a medium for for that opinion to be uh, to be given to them in a constructive way, and for to get sort of a bit of feedback from them, really. And absolutely, they should have had their hands up and said that they. Uh, Made a complete dog's dinner of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> on, on, on the on the plus side, I thought uh, Kieran that came on, who's kind of their product lead, did an excellent job of concisely answering some questions really well in an articulate manner. Uh, and there was no kind of misunderstanding his points. He, he said it all in such a great way. And I do th- agree with you. When Mike B came out and, and did that thread, I thought it was a really good idea. It allayed a lot of confusion, kind of did a lot of the community's job for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I, I have hadn't listened to that um that episode, but you know, that's really good. Really, really good. What do you say his name is? Kieran oh god you lost me for a
0: second it's uh yeah kieran who's the the product leader uh, who's unfortunately not been on the podcast yet even though i've asked him a million times um but on twitter he's uh he, he was on fire a couple of days ago where he just kind of answered a lot of questions asked for some feedback more on kind of the, the interface side of things the ui side of uh football index and he, he's i think he recently uh asked what kind of apps football index traders use for to get push notifications from games Um, and yeah I I just think he's he's done really well in the way he communicates on Twitter I think
1: right, that's that's really good I I think actually I had a little notification pop-up saying that a few people had followed him Um, so yeah I'll have to I'll have to give him a little little look but that's brilliant you know that's that's exactly what they need to be doing and uh, this whole thing has been damaging to the to the uh, to them um whether it's more sort of damaging to the opinion of the people that were running it or the people that work there or whether it's the the opinion there's certainly been i've seen loads of comments about um people don't trust the market anymore I, i remember waking up at bloody half six in the morning and go on slack and there was a comment from one lad uh, I don't really know how much he's on there or whatever. And he was saying that he's moving out. He's He was convinced that all the big boys were withdrawing their money. And I thought, you are absolutely nuts, mate. You are absolutely nuts. <laughs> if you think that they are going to be pulling out because of this. Like They've been through worse than this, big time. I mean, I, even I've been through worse than this. I remember um, remember when Roma knocked Barcelona out of the uh, Champions League. Yeah, yeah, Those, yeah, yeah those two months were brutal for me, absolutely brutal. I mean, luckily I got out of of at like 410, but he absolutely plummeted, bloody um, SMS plummeted. As, as soon as they went out, everyone just got jittery. The whole market was jittery. And do you remember um, somebody put on the, a really, really good summary on the forum? It was like... Yeah, a it was ASP.
0: Uh, it was yeah. like a, a long one that got shared all over Twitter as well. Yeah,
1: uh, I mean, that was quality, that was. But that... That period there was much worse than this much worse
0: yeah i mean i'm sure there are people who have kind of left the platform and fair play to them that's their choice there's it's their money if they don't want to be part of the index anymore because they don't like this new implementation they're unsure where the product is going that's their choice they can do what they want with their money it, it kind of is that feeling of fear for existing traders which is more worrying i think but i, I would try to try i would like to try and allay those fears even though you can't build in that loss aversion that whenever we've seen these dips, have you said, as you said, they have been much worse ones. It's kind of responded in in quite great uh, fashion.
1: Yeah, completely agree. And I, I sort of, I sort of have this notion in my head. It's a bit like with KDB, where you know people are like, oh, how Kevin De Bruyne has risen like one pound seventy-five or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, but he didn't do anything. He didn't move for like six weeks. All he's done. Is wherever he is on the leaderboard, he must be like about, I don't know, like ninth. All, all that's happened is, he's just retaken his rightful place back on the index. And it's, it's exactly the same with, with defenders or what have you. They'll be devalued for a little bit, but then they'll just take their rightful place back on the index. And you'll see a massive rise in them. And everybody, oh, bloody hell, let's all pile into defenders. And before you know it, there'll be a defender boom. But...
0: And those and those who sold at the bottom will obviously be very uh, not not very yeah. happy.
1: Yeah, my one bit of advice is when stuff like this happens, and you see it all the time when it's with um, when you get a treble media, two weeks or whatever. I don't understand it. You'll see people sort of three days in. Oh bloody! Our portfolios going. It's like, well, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> You've got a PB centric bloody portfolio. The people who sort of you know preempted it a little bit. Have moved money into uh, sort of MB players or transfer players, and have probably just got a bit of cash just sat there, just waiting for you all to bloody sell off your PB players and just get in on the bottom. And it, you, you either you either you preempt it or you sit it out. That's my advice because a lot of traders aren't capable of trading their way out of that situation once it's already started. When you're five six days into it, I'd, i I would be I wouldn't be that confident of my ability to trade out of a PB um, portfolio that is just dropping, dropping, dropping and be able to turn that around and end up in a better position two weeks' time than I would have been if I just sat on it.
0: Well, just, it's maybe not even completely <laughs> moving money out of PB into MB players. Mm. It's kind of hedging yourself and having a slightly yeah. more diverse portfolio on, I thought.
1: Yeah, what well, I mean, when it comes up to PB, I'm, I'm listing my player, you know, that sort of PB is a bit of a write-off for me that weekend, because I'm getting out, I'm getting out my players before they play. Mm, okay. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit adverse to holding players during games anyway. Um, that's just something that's just sort of developed, uh, just because I've been burnt too many times. You're better off getting out on the high. But yeah, you know, I'll be getting getting out of those players, and I'll just you know, sit on the cash, and I'll do a few flips, what have you, and I'll just wait for a little bit, mm, and then when they all start see. dropping, I get on them. Yeah, yeah it's, it's always
0: trying to time those purchases, isn't it? Right at the bottom.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's 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 always opportunities. That's the thing, and uh, we'll come on to it and talk about uh, short-term trading. But yeah,
0: yeah, I just want to I just want to revisit the comms bit just a, a little bit more, just a tiny bit more before we move on. Just that announcement where they mentioned Messi's broken arm. I thought was just ridiculous. And and if I'm honest and brutal, just an amateur move from Football Index. And I'm sorry if any of the guys at FI are listening, but it just seemed like such a petty, petty thing to do where clearly a player, if they've broken their arm, who's going to be out for three weeks, is going to go down. But that's not the reason some of these players have been devalued comparatively. That's due to the uh, new goals and assist dividends where players who are less likely to score or assist are comparatively devalued. Yes, their true value, material value is the same, but it's just stupid and, and it's kind of... You're aggravating an already angry mob, as someone put it to me, which I thought was a great way of summarising. Sorry if, sorry if I sound too brutal and I don't know if you agree with me, but I just think that was stupid.
1: I'll be completely honest, I never actually read that bit. I just heard people talking about it afterwards. I spent blooming... 30 minutes trying to get on the uh on the page um getting grief off the misses uh finally they put that screenshot of, on of it i scanned for it and i was like waste of time moved on with me day and then i heard people afterwards going on about this and that uh you know messes arm and uh, you know people seem to be encouraged by it some people did take sort of encouragement from that announcement from uh adam cole um you know, they see it as reassurance, really. Uh, but yeah, I did see. I, I'm not sure what it said. So did it say that the market's down because Messi's broken his arm?
0: Well, well no, it, it, it kind of said the, that the, the goals jokingly. and assists dividends was not the reason that Messi had fallen. It's because or it's not their fault that Messi had broken his arm, pretty much.
1: Oh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first time I'm actually hearing what you said. That's ridiculous. For fuck's sake. It's just, just comes back to, you know, it just needs to grow up. Why are they antagonising people? Why are they getting defensive? You know, why can't they just admit that it's it's had a negative effect on the market and it's going to recover? You know, trying to reassure people that, you know, this is a trial. Uh, I think it's, I, for them, I think it's been a success. I, I think that it will remain. I think that they, they might even roll out some alternatives. I don't really like the clean sheet bonus thing. You know, I just don't really doesn't really do it for me. It's any, not that exciting. Any why? Just not that exciting, really. You know. So what would they do? Like two p if the player gets a clean sheet? Well, you can only win two p, can't you? Mm, yeah. You, you, you know, it's it's. I don't know how you do it for defenders. I really don't. I think maybe the the alternative would be uh, to try and work out the the ratio of goals and assists across the three uh, sort of categories and and tier, tier it you know so maybe it's only one p for uh strikers if they score and i don't know sort of three or four p for defenders Yeah, but all that's going to do is is pump up the goal scoring defenders but they're all high, highly priced anyway because they win pb so i mean i i don't see any issues with it obviously i'm 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 absolutely loving it at the end of the day um it's 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 free money compared to before if you've if you if you buy a player after that deadline and you are buying him told him long term or you're buying him because he's got a few fixtures coming up what's the, what's the harm you know you're going to clean up if he scores and you get them massive price rises as well so um, yeah, I, I can see it from both sides people who have got a very sort of um, defender heavy uh, portfolio will obviously be miffed and, and, and pissed off with it all but you know my advice to them would be that to just sit just sit tight because you'll get back to where you would have been, you know, in two months' time, you'll be where you would have been, two months' time if none of this had happened.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I think, I think there is that belief that patients will pay uh, great dividends to a lot of people, with no pun intended there. Uh, but we'll move on to our last question before we talk about uh, oh, a question from the uh, Slack community as well. But before that, index and betting tipster uh, as a short-term trader do you have any strategies that could help out those struggling with this side of the game? So I presume this is long-term traders who are trying to diversify into that other strategy. Also, how do you decide when to exit a trade? So maybe why don't you first talk about, yeah, a, a few strategies that can help and then talk about kind of entering and ex- exiting positions.
1: Yeah, okay. So, I mean, the, I've got really, really, really simple uh, strategy, short-term trading, is, you know, people will have noticed that, uh, the market rises on a Friday and it it, you know, it starts falling it sort of falls Saturday night and rises back up again Sunday and then falls down and it sort of you sort of hit that low point around Monday or Tuesday and a really really simple strategy is uh, a player that's that's been doing really well scoring well on PB and he has a bad weekend he has a crap score he gets you know subbed off or, or what have you. you if you buy that player on a on a monday or a tuesday whenever you think he's hit his low point and you just hold him and then you just sell him on a friday it's that simple really i mean i was doing it um doing it for months and it you know pedro was a great one pedro would would, i mean he he was going up each time so you know he started off he was like 120 or something and between a tuesday and a friday he'd rise like 15p just buy 100 of him wait and sell him the same with uh jason denea when he was first getting his starts for leon he was rising 30p dalbert was doing it loads and loads and loads of players you just need to just and and actually I, know, I, won't, I won't plug that but um it's just quite simple really you ju- that is just a cyclical thing you just notice that as a market trend that prices are depressed on a tuesday and they're pumped up on a friday and you just you buy the player that you think's going to rise and, and you stick to the plan you sell him when you say you were going to sell him and that's it. Whether it's a profit or a loss, just get rid. So talk about that cyclical nature of things again.
0: What do you look out for? So you're obviously trying to get in right at the bottom and right at the top uh, in at the bottom, sorry, and out at the top. What kind of indicators do you look for?
1: It's, it's, it's really difficult. I've always struggled to explain it because a lot of it is to do with um, psychology as much as it is economics. It's 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 about trying to inter trying to anticipate what other people are going to do. Um, just trying to think of an example from today. Rafael Guerrero was a great one. As soon as he starts for Dortmund today, he's just come off the back of scoring two in nineteen minutes. Come off the bench against bloody Atletico Madrid. Perfect, perfect. You know, he's in. He's in the in the limelight. He was getting hyped up when he come back from injury. Um, you know, he comes off the bench, scores two goals. Dortmund are flying, just beat Atletico Madrid. Bam, he's in the starting lineup. He was one pound seventy. I'm all over that, all over that. I think he peaked, so I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> he might, so, so so that's, that's a might a score four, hype,
0: right? That's a bit more about hype. That's so a bit you more. How, how do you use hype to your advantage with the shirt with those short term trades? Well, it's all
1: about. Whatever the event is that, that causes the hype to just blow up, it's all about you see it and you look and knowing when you're too late. That's the key. Always knowing when you're too late. There's no point in you jumping on a player. And this is what a lot of new uh, new traders will do. So they'll see the news a little bit late. He's risen from 90p to pound five. They get on at pound five, And that was just the point where the people who were on at the start are getting off. So it drops down to say 96p, and those traders that got on at, at, at the top at one 5, they start instant selling at that point because they see a little bit of red. But what they don't realise is that there's always a bit of a there's always a pattern with these things. So what they he'll rise up to one 5, the people who are on first will get off, and he drops down. And when he's when it he gets down to sort of 96p, I'm looking at it like I might get on here. I missed the initial news, but you know, but it all comes down to who the player is, the reason that they're going up. Uh, lots of different things, whether they're, you know, they're, see, they're seen positively on the index, whether they've got plus points, whether they're getting games, whether they're scoring goals, doing one on PB, up and coming. Loads and loads of different. Um, and that's where it sort of comes down to the psychology a little bit. He drops down to 96p and I'm sat there thinking, are people going to be getting on now? It's very unlikely that will drop down to where he was before. So he's now the point to get on. And it, that, you see that you see that pattern all the time. The rise a big rise and then people take profits and they drop down and, and that's people... that's only natural
0: isn't it why, why don't you lay some like when people come onto the platform and they say oh well why has this player going gone down why don't you kind of talk about why it's maybe important to take profits and why on the flip side it's important not to panic when you see those mini uh, fluctuations in price
1: yeah absolutely i suppose that was sort of my point was that they'll have that little drop back and that's not the time to be getting off that's the time to be sitting tight and if you're not on them to be getting on them because they'll just they'll rise up again and and you see it so many times people will instant sell and then 2 minutes later they you know they'd have been in a decent profit and absolutely panic selling is is just the worst panic buying and panic selling will kill your portfolio you know you you want to just be quite measured you want to know when you're too late and you, you don't want to panic when you see a little bit of red um, players Prices rise and fall, you know, ebb and flow of the market. It's up and down. It's completely natural. It's completely normal. But what you want to be doing is, you know, trying to take advantage of that and not panic when you see a little bit of red. Panicking when you see red is just—it's usually the worst. those people that normally,
0: whether there's massive hype or lots of red, that make the most profit, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it, you know. <sighs> It's bad to say, really. Those people that are panicking when they see a bit of red are the ones that are making me money. At yeah. the end of the day, because you know I'm looking at him. Oh, he's one pound five already. And then I see boom, 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 ninety six p quality I'm getting on that. <laughs> and then, and then before you know, you know he could be one twenty. Um, what's that? Um, Lewis Cerraljo is it? What was his name yeah, is? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah came he, back he, from
0: injury, started for Leo recently.
1: Yeah, he scored. You know, I I got on him yesterday, ninety three p. Got a couple of hundred, and he woke up this morning. He'd absolutely rocketed, and then he, he yeah. dropped down again. He dropped down again. I think he, he went down to like 114, 112 or something like that. And he well when I when I left the house, he was one nineteen. It's people see a little bit of red, and they start into selling. I whenever you know, if I'm sat there with a, a hyped player and I've got like a few hundred of him, and he's rising, 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 and it sort of slows down. It's a little bit of a trickle, and it stops. During that point, I might be just sort of listing twenty-five here and there, just try and get rid of a few. When it gets to that point, I am too scared to do anything in case mm. I affect his price. Because as soon as his price goes down one p, sometimes he just just pops. But it will do, and it's you know, at that point, I'm thinking, right? Do I just get out altogether? I'm looking at, and it all comes down to spread. This is another thing that people don't really understand. We'll come back to that in a sec. You know you're too scared to do anything because people see 1p red and people just start offloading it's like what are you doing sometimes you think if i just bloody instant sold those free 300 and just wait for everyone else to get off and then just get back on him again because he's he's going to rise it's you know it's it's almost like price elasticity isn't it um people you know short-term trading isn't as short as some people think as well yeah it's not you know it's not get on and then get off a minute later no, you do do that sometimes, and you can make decent money in some some of the trades. But it's also where I probably lose more more money than I, I make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By getting off too quickly, um, yeah. Spreads a really really big thing, and this is one of the one of the uh, issues I have had with the G and A is that um some of the spreads are ridiculous. Absolutely, that Petango the um who does he play for
0: At- Atalanta was it former
1: At- Atalanta striker At-
0: who does he play for now yeah uh, hold on he,
1: who oh, does he play for they're playing they're playing is it Cagliari I can't think of the top of head now who the hell does That's the
0: really bad. For? I'm searching up now I'm not letting this one go he plays for Spal now he's oh, on loan started, from yeah.
1: yeah, yeah yeah because yeah, they've they've got an easy game that was it um, yeah he, he was like one pound ten with a 7 piece spread I was like what's all that about and they got <laughs> But you know, again, that's all. Sort of, that's just narrowed down my search now for these strikers. You, you know, you look at them strikers that are sort of seventy odd p, with two p spread. I mean, they're just gold, absolute gold. And you know, they, and, and that's another, and that's another uh, tactic. You know, short term.
0: Looking at players that have smaller spreads.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's it's knowing about all the different thresholds uh, for the spreads. But you you'll see a striker that was bloody ninety three p last weekend. And you look at him on Thursday and he's like 71p. You go and have a look at his goal record. He scored four and eight. Mm. Got a 2p spread. What have you got to lose?
0: Very little downside, right? So you're looking at at players with small spreads with smaller downsides and big upsides.
1: Definitely, yeah. I I do it sometimes when I jump on a player quickly and I've not looked at the spread. And then I look at the spread and I think, ah, how the hell am I going to get rid of this with profit? (laughs) You know, he's got a 6p spread. It's so, like you know, I'm probably not going to make money on this.
0: So, do you tend to instant sell a lot more than you do Q sell?
1: Yeah, I've, 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 the volumes I buy and it's quite difficult to, um, quite difficult to to market sell. So. A lot of people
0: um, are scared of instant sell and, and they see it as a negative thing. What 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 can you use it for as like a not a detriment to your trading but rather positive?
1: Um, cash is king at the end of the day. For a trader like me, having a cash balance is everything. Um so you know, what I don't want to I don't want to be in a situation where I want to get on somebody and I haven't got any cash and then I'm looking at who to sell because you're under pressure, you make the wrong decisions, um you might look at a player and think, Oh god, he hasn't done anything and instant sell him. Get on this other player, and by the time you've done that, he's peaked. The player that you were on before is just rocketed and you're just pulling your hair around. It's just i just like it to be a little bit calmer, straightforward, nice and simple, simple trading. Um but cash is everything so for me instant sales brilliant i mean that strike i was talking about went down to 71p i think when i, when I left the house he was 83p I only bought me the other day um and i've i I had a fair few hundred of them and I, i've 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 binned a few off and he's still gone up Um so it's it's just about knowing what trying to try to anticipate not knowing because obviously you're not going to know but trying to anticipate what what people are going to do, who people are going to go for and when they're going to do it. It used to be people used to be getting getting in a lot earlier, whereas now people tend to get in quite late, I find. Um, and one good tip as well, if you've got a, a decent striker uh, for G&A, is to sell him after 2pm. If he wins PB, you can buy him back 412 and get the divs for PB. Mm, mm, and I, I, I used to try and do that quite a bit and I, I was always struggling to get rid of him after 2pm. But now with g and people are trading all the time. Pe- you know, trading doesn't stop after 2pm anymore.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. I think that's one thing that it's done well is increase the volume of trading throughout the day on average rather than having these massive spikes at certain times. And I'm sure Kieran and the guys have looked at statistically when there's most trading uh and they've decided this but i think we need to move on to our last question this is from adam adam waller from index game that community he said how far in advance do you look when trading short positions i think you mentioned that short-term trading might not be so short so go on why don't you explain that a bit more
1: yeah so i, I suppose i sort of through my research in my mind i've got a pool of players that i like and that i want to get on um and i, you know, I might look ahead couple of weeks maybe just to see what they've got going on how they're doing how did they get on last weekend if I don't already know blah, blah, blah. but I would probably sort of be looking I, I never buy a player with the intent of holding him more than five days to be honest that would be the absolute max I'm sort of thinking looking ahead um, more often it's sort of one or two days if I'm doing that, that, that um, strategy I was on about before you know the cyclical nature of the of the market. Buying on a Tuesday, selling on a Friday. You know, it might sell on the Saturday or the Sunday, depending on when they play. Um, but yeah, that's that's about as far as it goes, really. You know, I'm not I'm not buying a player to because he's gonna get a big move in January. I'll get on him in January. You know, he'll probably be like five percent more than he is now. I'll make more than five percent with that cash mm-hmm. between now and then. So it just doesn't make any sense to tie that cash up.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting, isn't it? A lot of people hold for six months with no movement and then when they go up, they see that as a great trade.
1: And that's, you know, that's there's different ways of making money and that that, that is a, probably a safer strategy. You know, if you could say guarantee, not guarantee, but guarantee yourself 10% uh, profit in two months time or go and try and play the market and see how you get on. A lot of people—they haven't got the time or the risk adverse, so They're happy to just sit on it and be patient. They, you know, they might not look at FI every day. You know, there's, it, 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 that's the great thing about the platform—it suits all strategies. But you know, opportunity cost for me is massive, so uh, I'm not willing to tie my cash up for that long.
0: Yeah, it's opportunity cost, and it's that—it's
1: maximising profits, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely absolutely it's good fun as well <laughs> <laughs> for sure well um, yeah.
0: pierre it's been awesome having you on mate cheers man uh, i think we've been on quite for quite a long time and I'm sure yeah sorry I, I got off on the tangents all the time yeah <laughs> it's, all right. it's all
1: right so where, where can people find out more about you uh twitter or slack uh at pierre f underscore index on uh, on twitter uh i'm on slack all the time you'll see me
0: nice nice and uh yeah obviously for me i'm pretty sure you guys can know where to find me by now but it's uh, at underline fi guide if you're listening and, and you haven't followed me then, then please do uh i'm going to shout out to the people that are commuting on their commutes hope this makes your commute a bit more bearable and for those who don't commute i hope it makes whatever you're doing a bit more bearable thanks very much everyone thank you